I play rock and roll music for a living. And with that comes the overused tagline, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Now, the rock and roll part is a given. It's what brought me to the fold. I love the music and everything about the music. The sex part of it, well, one need only listen to the lyrics of our songs to figure out where I stand on that subject. It's the drug part that can get a little gray. I don't smoke weed. I don't do drugs. Full disclosure, though, I have in the past, but that's way in the past. So where do I stand on the issue? From someone who doesn't smoke pot, I am 100% for the legalization of marijuana. And even though I don't smoke weed, I have nothing against those who do. For those on the fence on the topic, I suggest you watch The Union, The Business Behind Getting High, the 2007 documentary film by Brett Harvey and Adam Scorgi for the full backstory on the criminalization of marijuana. The fact that marijuana is still outlawed in 2017 is downright appalling. At least to me it is. During the brief time I smoked weed, it was only to get closer to the music. Smoking weed helped in that department immensely. In fact, I remember being very disappointed after buying the Wu-Tang Clan's debut album back in 1993-1994, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. I couldn't understand the fuss over their stripped-down beats after being immersed in very dense Bomb Squad and Soul Assassin-type productions for five years previous. Then I heard 36 Chambers again when someone played it after a joint was passed around, and it was a revelation to me. Listening to Bring the Ruckus and Clan in the Front was like listening to a movie playing in my mind. I heard stuff on that recording that I hadn't before despite numerous sober listens. It changed how I heard music and turned me into a semi-hip-hop head for a number of years. But I stopped smoking pot when I recognized in myself that I didn't have the disposition to handle it. I know there's people out there who would say that I just didn't get the right strain from me. Well, maybe. But once I got spooked, a permanent switch was flicked, and these days I'm completely okay with watching from the sidelines, but don't think I watch without envy for those who can handle their high. The reason why I'm talking about marijuana, its legalization, and my dalliance with it right off the top here is because of the two guests on this episode. Remo the Urban Grower is a worldwide award-winning cannabis grower from British Columbia. In fact, his growing has garnered 34 awards worldwide. Him and his wife Sandra run their very successful Remo Nutrients company that make world-class nutrients for growing your own plants. Eight products in total. Astroflower, Remo Roots, Magnifical, Remo's Micro, Grow and Bloom, Nature's Candy, and Velokelp. He's also an MMAR medical marijuana grower for medical patients. And his Urban Remo YouTube channel has over 168,000 subscribers with over 36 million views. I met him through the second guest today, Damien Abraham of Fucked Up and no stranger to the podcast. In fact, Damien has the distinction of guesting on here more than anyone else, minus Nick Flanagan, of course. 
Hell, he's even in the podcast's theme song. Sometimes Damien from Fucked Up hangs out too. And this is one of those times. Damien featured Remo on his Canadian Cannabis Vice show on the Cash Crop episode. And he also had him on his podcast, Oil and Flowers, episode eight to be exact. For, for some time now, Damien has been telling me how much of a fan Remo was of our band. And while I thought it was flattering, with Remo out on the West Coast and me being in Toronto, plus not being all too hip on the movers and shakers of the growing cannabis scene, I duly noted it and kept moving. But when Damien called me up this past May with the idea of having Remo and himself guest on my podcast, I couldn't turn it down. Remo was in Toronto to take part in the Lift Cannabis Expo at the Metro Convention Center an event that focuses on the growing Canadian cannabis economy. And with the possible July 1st, 2018 date for legal cannabis in Canada just around the corner, I feel discussions on marijuana are more necessary now than ever before. These are very exciting times with marijuana on the verge of complete respectability in the eyes of the law, as well as in the eyes of the general public here in Canada. Cannabis benefits have been kept secret for far too long, while false tales about the plant have been allowed to spread unfettered. All that is changing with people like Remo and Damien, who encourage discussion and help promote its changing image. We all met to do this podcast episode at the Greenhouse Vapor Lounge in Toronto. I had never been to a vapor lounge before. I embarrassingly didn't even know these kinds of vapor lounges existed in Toronto. We all had a nice chat and further proved that marijuana binds people together rather than separates. I want to thank Blue Mic Microphones and Skullcandy Headphones for supporting the podcast. Thanks to Damien for introducing me to Remo. Thanks to the Greenhouse Vapor Lounge for housing us and letting us record there. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Remo the Urban Grower and Damien Abraham are this episode's guests on the official Danko Jones podcast. And it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. They play the kids, take us, go out, tell them for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from fucked up. Stop playing hangs out. The Danko Jones podcast is simply superb, splendidly fine, wonderfully wild, very divine. You gotta listen to the Danko Jones podcast. Girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Now. You guys are rolling joints as we are talking and doing the podcast, and I'm we all kind of know that as the podcast is going to go on, 
things are going to get slower and slower. Well, Smokier. maybe not because we are stoners. So what that means is cannabis for us is like spinach to Popeye. It doesn't bring us down. If anything, it brings us up. And uh, if I'll be get, slowing down. Though. You might be slowing down. You Actually, might. Smoking weed is my superpower, right? <coughs> yes. That, that's my, the one thing I can do in life, you know. You know, I've been told uh, if you can't be good, be good at it. So, uh, you know, I took that advice to heart, and uh, I'm good at smoking weed. I've, well, I've yeah. smoked many of people's favorite rappers under the table. I've smoked many so-called stoner musicians under the table. I'm in the presence of someone who will smoke me under the table. I'm not talking about you, Jamie. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> I, fully, I can fully concede that when Laura, Jane, and I were hanging out with you, neither one of us were prepared. And, and that's coming from someone that, as I say, has smoked the fair number of famous people who are famous for smoking weed under the table. <laughs> well, so Damien has been t- telling me about you for a while, and I know that you've been on his... Vice shows and all that stuff. Yeah, <coughs> and he was on my show, on my Oil and Flowers podcast with Buddha Blaze. Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, he's, yeah. He's that guy's cool, very cool, yeah. very. Cool. So I'll ask you, Damien. How did you find? Thank you so much for that. that was awesome. How did you find Ramo? How did you find him? Um, I guess, I guess we first uh, found out when we made the very first Vice documentary. Uh, Ramo is one of the key people involved in the lawsuit that stopped the then conservative government from pushing through their cannabis reform laws, which brought in a much more punitive, archaic system and tried to push out, you know, what was a pretty good system, just very hard to get into. Yeah. And, um, sorry, I lost my phone. No. <laughs> and I just, Shit, and I just, it's starting. Just the weed. starting to oh, take over. That's the thing, it's like Ramo. See, I'm a, I'm a, awesome. I'm a cheap date. I'm Osmosis. a, I'm real, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty cheap date. Uh, but I was going to say, no, Ramo and Sandra, his, his amazing partner and wife, um, we met at that first shoot, and they were key in this lawsuit. And then we kind of watched as, you know, he kind of, well, he was already a, a very famous uh, cannabis artisan um, and <laughs> growing some of the, like, winning many awards for the weed he grows, which is incredible cannabis, medicine he grows for himself. So what's this, like, I, I've heard about, like, awards and, str- you know, strains get prizes and stuff. How does yeah. that, how does that, I, I, see, I'm, I don't know anything about that <coughs> whole world. Oh, yeah. And now that it's kind of legit in Canada, oh yeah, it's it's gaining ground, so yeah. and gaining prestige and respectability and well, when legal cannabis comes in, it's going to be the biggest thing where any of us are going to see in our lifetime. I think as far as an emerging economy, and that's because it can be used for so much stuff. And this isn't just me talking as so. like you know someone who enjoys smoking weed. This is talking about someone who got off anti-anxiety med- medication that was on for like ten years through this. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen when legal cannabis hits. So, we're watching this market emerge worldwide. That's going to be, as I say, probably the biggest thing that any of us are going to see in our lifetime as far as emerging economies go. Uh, I've said this maybe to you. I've said this to other people. I want to get in on this yes. investment-wise because oh. I, I believe that you're yeah. right. Well, a lot of the LPs are public co- uh, companies. For example, Supreme, uh, who's one of our customers, they have purchased by Nutrients. Um, they're a publicly traded company, and you can get involved by buying shares, and you can be part of the cannabis economy too. Yeah, it's like that's a. It's like there's legal ways to get involved too. It's like right now it's happening. You know, like that's a legal way to get involved. There's also like you know ways that are still gray market to get involved. There's. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, I think the Liberal government, who is in power right now in Canada. Um, like they're legalizing, which is good. They're not legalizing, I think, the way I would want to see it legalized. But 
There's well, a fight. You know what? I think a lot of uh, a lot of people had the image of legalization being completely a free market where you can just grow and do whatever you want. And what the liberals um, see as legalization is a lot of regulation. So hopefully we can find some sort of happy yeah. medium where everybody's happy. It's gonna, you know, I know it's rugged at the beginning, but we're gonna be the first G8 country to be legal. This is crazy. Like I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime. Yeah. Like really. No, you're right. And I think, but I think the thing is. The only way, like Justin Trudeau's big thing is chasing out the criminal element of cannabis, right? The only way you do that is by making cannabis completely legal. Right. And that way you, it's not illegal anymore, and anyone who is involved in it illegally is doing other illegal shit. So they're not involved in anything illegal anymore. So walk me through this. We're sitting here. You guys are smoking. Yes. Yeah. And... We're talking about how when it is legal. At the amazing greenhouse vapor lounge. Thank you for opening up early. <laughs> yeah, thanks, tonight. guys. Thank you yeah. for this. Well, well Danko, quite frankly, I think it, right now it's legal by default. A lot of the laws, they don't enforce them. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, give her, man. And a bunch of us, actually, most of us here, I'm pretty much going to say all of us here are medical patients registered with the Canadian government in some capacity, except for yourself, who's not partaking. No. So all of us do have legal protection to be doing this uh, right now. Um, and, you know, but, like, it is, it is an act of civil disobedience. And it's, it's an act that has been going on for a long time. And it's, like, it is a politic, you know. And it, it, and it intersectionalizes with so many other politics, too, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, yeah, this is an act of civil disobedience, what's happening right now. But it's an act that, yeah, as you say... The government, especially where you're from, <laughs> looks past a lot more. Oh, no. Actually, Vancouver, <laughs> they're actually uh, licensing dispensaries, uh, wow. which is kind of crazy because that's, uh, you know, they're supposed to be illegal businesses. But I think this is good because uh, what it does is legitimizes them. And they should be brought into the thing. I, I think there should be LPs. And I think there should be dispensaries. There should be room for big guys, little guys, everybody yeah. in this business. But the way the, the other companies are looking at it, they just you know, like the big companies and those publicly traded ones and the LPs, they want to squeeze all the small guys out and they want to have all the business for themselves which I think is wrong yeah no it's I completely agree wrong. and that's the problem is like it, it, it's you're not going to do it you know like no one's going to give up this industry this industry was fought for you know and, and now you're going to take the tech that these people created the strains that people created which were all born out of a black market or a grey market you know born out of you know a, a, a criminalized system and you're going to take that away from them you know, and it's like you still look at places where they've legalized. There's still arrests of African American and Latino people happening, and, and, and an exorbitant rate compared to the rest of white people. So it's still like kind of a racist system, even when it's legalized. So you got to find a way to legalize it so everyone's protected. Hmm. Um, fuck, I think. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like spinach for us, though. We would we talk faster. Uh, it's time to spark another dude. <laughs> I can't believe that I'm actually... Well, there's a lot of smoke here. Am I really getting a contact high? Do you I don't think? Know, like, there might be a little bit, but there's so no, little on exhale, right? You know what? I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't think so. Because uh, my wife, like, I smoke in bed. She uh, goes to a lot of her events, and she's a non-smoker. Yeah. And we had to both take drug tests to get waivers to go into America. Yeah. And when she they tested her, zero. So you know what that means? I think Ross Rub- Rubigliati. Yeah, he was lying, man. I think he, I think he did. Like I've, I've spoken to that guy. Yeah, I saw him by now. but you know he can keep his gold medal. I think yeah. he deserves it. <laughs> well, the UFC has it registered as a performance enhancing drug. What? Yeah, UFC. That's what the thing is. It's UFC. It's illegal, not because it's like cocaine or because it's like an opiate, which they say. You know, they well, it's opiate might be a performance enhancing drug, but they say cannabis is a painkiller. Uh, cannabis is an anti-inflammatory. It causes better recovery time. 
And so that's why they have it banned. And that's why the Diaz brothers keep getting fined. And that's why everyone keeps getting fined and uh, decisions overturned on the basis of using what they consider a performance-enhancing drug. So you it know, enhances my performance. Me too. So I can't argue. Does, does it enhance your performance? Oh Do you medicate God. before you go oh. and perform? If I could medicate uh, in every situation I'm in, it would enhance my performance. But uh, you know, there's certain situations where I can't medicate. And I'll tell you, it's one thing. It's way harder to go off the pills that I was on before right. for my anti-anxiety than it is to go off cannabis <laughs> when I have to cycle off. You know, it still sucks going off cannabis mm-hmm. to cycle off, but I have to do it all the time now for work. And uh, you know, before when I was cycling off the pills because you know. I didn't want to have sex when I was on the pills, or I couldn't write lyrics for my band when I was on the pills, so I would cycle on and off it. It was fucking hard. The come down was hard to come off those things. <clears throat> Sorry for the swearing. No, you can oh, swear on that. Okay, stoner stories. Is there any Danko Jones stoner stories about you going on stage after you've medicated and went, oh, this is awesome? And, <laughs> or no, I've, I've was never, it like not cool? You know? No, I've never gone on stage drunk or stoned or anything. Really? <coughs> never. Because, you know what? When you come out on stage, like I've seen you a couple times, you're larger than life, man. Like you're oh, like thanks. huge. And like your show is like no bullshit rock and roll show. There's no fancy explosions. There's no smoke. There's no mirrors. You got no screens. It's just. You know, a couple of rows of lights and rock and roll and the real thing. And I think uh, actually your persona on stage is just, it's larger than life, man. Like, oh, seriously. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, we, you're a storyteller, too. Like, when, you, when the mountain, that song, I love well, it. That's what I'm saying is, like, I can usually volley back with whatever conversation we're having, and I'm, I'm hitting walls here. <laughs> uh, and it's not because I'm not interested in, you know, in pot and discussions about legalization of marijuana. And I'm totally pro legalization, by the way. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm nothing against. It. I've, I've forced you to be smoking around me enough times on that Soundwave tour. Yeah, and I honestly I don't mind it. Cause I totally thought that Sugar High, you know that song that you wrote. Uh, I thought that was a weed song because it says, uh, "Don't Bogart the candy." There's enough to go around. Well, right? well, <laughs> you know, Bogarting is like that's just like um, leftover from when I was smoking pot. Yeah. You know, like these so are it is terms a weed that song, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a play on an uh, like an old rock song where they 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 talk about uh, it's an it's a play off uh, a Jeff Beck record. Cool. Ola, uh, not Ola, but um. Uh, the one with the orange on it, and uh, no, Ola's got the apple. The, the yeah. one with the orange on it—that's now, uh, funnily enough, escaping me. But uh, <laughs> but they mentioned lots of sugar stuff, and I was listening to that record right. around the time that we wrote that song. So I just right. wanted to kind of pay tribute to that album. Cool. I took it as a weed reference. You could take it like that. Cool. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't mind it. But uh, I. I uh, I've never gone on stage stone, stoned or drunk or anything like that, but... You do you really want to try it once? Afterwards, maybe. Yeah, afterwards, I, oh, I've never There's been, been times uh, over the years. or I remember the first time we went to Amsterdam, <laughs> and everybody uh, wanted to figure out what the big deal was. And you went to Amsterdam when it was still good to go, right? Yeah, it was in 01, I, yeah. And we, we spent a day in Amsterdam and Vondel Park, and I was... Pretty much stoned out of my mind. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Story there we go. Yeah. Oh, and then there was one time I was, I was, I needed to uh, de-stress, so I got, I had something in my eye that I couldn't see out of my left eye uh, due to stress. It's called central serous retinopathy, and so uh, my, what is it? My doctor told me to, you know, maybe get a massage, maybe, you know, just de-stress, do this, do that. I go, okay, yeah, sure, but maybe I should also see what all this pot smoking, maybe that's 
you know, what's good. So I got um, a small little, what do you call these things that you, you smoke? A pipe? Yeah, like for hash. Yeah, okay. I got some hash. I uh, love hash. I uh, started smoking. I put on this thing that I just bought, which was this Kiss concert. Yeah. And uh, it was the Kissology thing, and there's like a big, their big return <laughs> concert. And then I, my friend's in the front row. And I'm I'm totally I'm totally high, and I couldn't believe he was in the front row, and that's what freaked me out. And I thought I was, and then I actually when I came came off it, I was like, Did you know you're Did you know you're in the the, the Kiss video, the Kiss anthology video? And he goes, Yeah, man, that's me. Why didn't you tell me that before I smoked? So um, there's little things like that, but cool. <clears throat> recently, I smoked. A joint. Right. I'd say two years ago was the last time I did it. That's recently? Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> recently and, for me was like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, someone said, hey, you know, try this joint. Wasn't Damien. Again, just to try to de-stress. And then I'm, um, my mom called me. Oh, yeah. While I was high, and it <laughs> fucked up my high. Really? Yeah. I could see that happening. Yeah, my mom would, that because she'd be asking me for weed. That's why I would fuck with my high. <laughs> Actually, I converted my mom. She was anti weed as I grew up. And going to the industry uh, that I'm in, I'm a bit of an activist and a mm. cannabis cultivator. Um, she heard all her stuff, and then when she got fibromyalgia, um, she decided, well, you know, I'm going to try this. Yep. And apparently it works for her. It works for arthritis. Uh, she doesn't smoke very much, but she enjoys it. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because it's kind of like a second life for her. Like this whole new thing was waiting for her because she has stoner friends that come over and smoke weed with her. A doctor from uh, the hospital and another hippie lady and they smoke their weed and they drink their tea and they hang out and listen to music. It's like, like my mom didn't do this while I was growing up. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> That's why my mom came back to it fibromyalgia. She got fibromyalgia really? too. And it's like, you know, <clears throat> and there's a lot of debate amongst the medical community about that disease. You know, I happen to side with it being a real thing. Some doctors say it's a psychological thing, but those same doctors subscribe painkillers for it, prescribe painkillers for it. And it's like, how can you prescribe like a, a, like, you know, if you think it's not a real thing, then just prescribe them weed. It's not a big deal. Like, why would you prescribe them opiate for something, an opiate for something you don't believe is a real illness or disease? But that's a separate episode, Yeah, because, yeah, then that's, that's talk about how, yeah, you know, weed is a... Yeah, there's no addiction with me. Trust me, having had to spend ten painful days with no cannabis in Mexico, <laughs> I wasn't addicted. I was just bummed. <laughs> well, you couldn't find weed. Well, I could, but it was just like I felt there's like a guilt that happens when you smoke. I find when I smoke cannabis down there for like you know here there's like a, you know there's there's I know I know the people in the chain. Yeah. You know down there I don't necessarily know the people in the chain. The people in the chain might not be. So cool sometimes, you know, and it's oh, dude, sorry. You should have called me. I, I got people down there that would have hooked you up. <laughs> <laughs> no, Next I was, time, I was in Mexico City. They got some good herb there. I was surprised. Really, I, I went to the first weed expo ever in Mexico. They had it at the World Trade Center. Yeah, it was bizarre. I walked there and there's like Mexican police, and everybody had their doubts about this show. They're like, oh, the Mexico ain't gonna go for this shit. <coughs> and uh, they totally did. Like there was yeah. seed vendors there. Everything went off. The cops didn't arrest anybody. It was uh, basically our style sh- show in Mexico. So it's a. Uh, it's happening down there, too. Mexico City is one of the most incredible places I've ever been in my life. And I think... Uh, Big city. And this is without cannabis. I could only imagine with cannabis. That's, so next time. Um, but uh, I had, like, some of the most... Yeah, it's a beautiful big city. Like, you know, it's the biggest city I've ever seen. And there's, like, a, a terrifyingness to it, too. 
Um, but uh, like one of the most incredible times, the best food. You never played? Never been. But uh, really, you guys. Yeah. What have you? Have you guys any play? Where's the furthest south you guys have played? Brazil. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Sao Paulo. That's pretty cool. What yeah, was that? That was like? awesome. That was yeah. good. We played one time. Really good. I think we should be returning there. Yeah, you guys. I know you guys have played there. We opened for Dinosaur Junior at a Converse free show, where you know, like you could just get tickets, right? And we're like, this would be awesome. You know, it's a big free show. Well, it sold out immediately to Dinosaur Junior fans. So we get there, and it's just a bunch of bummed out, fucked up fans out front. Like, yeah, why'd you guys play here? You know, you should have played somewhere smaller, somewhere we could have seen you. Blah blah. blah. And it's like, oh yeah. And then you get in the room, and it's just a bunch of fucking bummed out Dinosaur Junior fans waiting for Dinosaur Junior to play. Like literally, kids put their fingers in their ears as we're really? playing. Yeah, it was like kind of a bummer. But then I got to style on them when I got to come out at the end and do uh, a cover with Dinosaur Junior at the end and finish their set. So see, that's the advantage know. of being a rock star. I wish I was like one of you guys. Like seriously, <laughs> you guys like get really cool stories and shit. Actually, this is a pretty cool story for myself today. But I don't get these all the time. Like what you guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. Yesterday, when I mentioned that I wanted to come here and do the podcast, obviously Danko, superstar, that's not amongst an argument here, <laughs> was not, they were not aware of Danko here. The person they were aware of and impressed by is who? Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's comedy. That's comedy. That's no diss, but I think that's, uh, that's like, you know, I, chose, I think it just shows how different worlds... Oh, yeah. It means different things, you know? I like, mean, I walked in here. Like, just mm-hmm. when I walked in here, before you guys got here, and I couldn't believe there's a place like this that existed in yep. Toronto. I'm just so out well, of it. There's several. Well, this, to me, is like Holland. Yeah. Yeah, but this, this is, is where a, our culture thrives. This place this is where the, we uh, yeah, go out. This place, is, this place is, is, is awesome, and it's in my neighborhood, so that's, uh, that's it's even better. <laughs> so it, like, worked out amazing, you know? So, I mean, been, like, been, how long oh, have you been here now? Showed up to the vapor bar? A year and a bit? 18 months. 18 months. Right on. And what's the name of the vapor bar? Greenhouse, Greenhouse. Vapor Lounge. And is there a website? Yes, there is. is. What is it? Instagram. It's Greenhouse Vapor Lounge. You look so good when you get out of bed. You're always ready to go. It's just a plant, you know, that needs to end. It's going to end. Yeah. Uh, you can feel it. It's like right now we're unfortunately in a terrible moment of regress I feel but I feel oh, that's really? like the, I feel like as a society just not just like cannabis like I think you can feel it in general like you know, look at the political shifts in this world and it doesn't feel like a positive time 100% of the time but when it comes to pot I thought the battle was being won it is but then you have like things like you know some pretty cr- crazy rhetoric coming out of the federal government in America right now you know and as, as much as we're going towards it there's places running away from it and there's still places you know it's really bad. You get arrested and you face yeah. really bad time, you know? And until that ends, you know, it's scary. But I think it's going to end. You know, there's too much. And unfortunately, it's not going to be a moral victory like it should be. It's going to be a financial victory because there's just too much money on the table. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what's interesting me. Yeah. Just from, you know, being on the outside. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's going to be of interest to anybody because, you know, we don't live at a great time of economic ex- expansion. So this is, a, like, one of those yeah. few... You know, great. I think moments. I was watching your sh- one of the episodes on your show where I was like, should I get into this? Like in terms of like investing, this looks yeah. like it's gonna be this is gonna be the the wave of the future in terms of Oh totally. Actually the pot stocks are down right now. Mm. So it's a good time to buy yeah. in. But you know, 
come a year from now when there's full legalization, those stocks are going to be soaring because I think all those LPs are eventually going to be the suppliers of legal cannabis. Even though that everybody's allowed to grow for plants when yeah. that comes, which I welcome as a nutrient company because I want you know I want to give away a lot of nutrients and uh, get a lot of these people growing. I think it's a really good thing, but uh, there, a lot of people aren't going to want to grow pot. They're going to work their jobs and they just want to go just like to go to the liquor store to the pot shop or order it and have it. Yeah. It's going to be so available. It's just going to be like the LCBO. Or like, like I hope not. Yeah. I hope it's not going to be the LCBO. I hope it's going to be something different because I think, uh, I don't know, I don't want it to be sold where alcohol is sold. And that's what they're pushing for it at some places. Um, but that's but, how it gains the respectability, right? It gains respectability, but I don't think it needs respectability. I think uh, it needs like... I don't think alcohol's respectable. Yeah, think. and that's true. Alcohol's <laughs> different. But, but, you know, you walk into these places and it's, it's pristine and it's... Yeah, but it's also, I don't know, like it's definitely not... What it doesn't else? scare away like an old lady who wants to just get yeah, her. Yeah, but alcohol's know. responsible for more deaths and health problems. Oh, and, yeah, I know. You know, it ruins families. It, it's terrible. It's a, you know, if it had to be reclassified today, alcohol would be considered a hard drug, like, I, without a doubt. I yeah. agree with that. And I mean, if I was to choose, I would choose pot. It's All just right. I can't handle my high. That's my problem. Well, Bottom you know, line is I can't handle it. There's different strains for different brains, and you know what? Maybe you just haven't found... What was good for you? I know because uh, maybe you don't. But like I gotta go. I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> or we gotta find that, something just get for that you journey. Yeah. Danko weed. I mean, there's been times where Danko I smoked. weed. That's no, like seriously. the best name for a Danko strain. But Danko, Danko Kush. Kush. How could you not? Can I smoke it though? I have yeah, to be able well, to smoke it though. Well, you maybe, or maybe someone in the band at least has to try smoking it. Or maybe the new, maybe the new on-stage dancer. What's up, David Abraham? <laughs> Let's bring him out now. He yeah. just smoked some Danko Kush. He's doing the Danko Kush dabs <laughs> on the stage. Oh, do you want a dab? I think it's dab. Oh time. my God! Yes, please. Thank you very now, much. Now, what's this? This is a kind selection. Which is nope, what is that's it? Motor breath. Motor breath. Yeah. That's not oh, a joint, is that? No. This is dab. Oh, that's an extract. Okay, I don't know. It's an extract. This is like a new 85% thing. Uh, THC. Holy it's, an ex- uh, it's called BHO or uh, butane hash oil. Okay. And what they do is they uh, they take cannabis and they um, have it like what's called a closed loop system, so that you know it's not escaping in the environment. And they rinse the cannabis um, with oh the God. butane. And what this does is strips all the trichomes off, and they collect Ooh, that. Awesome. And then they take it and they put it into a purging oven, and they purge all the. Uh, Impurities out of it. Actually, they can get it uh, almost near zero, like between 50 parts per million and zero, like really clean. And you just get the essence of the plant, and you know, oh, without the salad, nice. you get right. a full hit. Yeah, yeah. It's my, like a Vicodin of weed. Yeah. <laughs> or my wife has compared it to, uh, you know, not that she uh, partakes in as much as I do or anything, but like compared it to the espresso, right, of weed. Right. You know. Can you? Can you? Is it? Is there pill forms? Can oh yeah. Pop a pill. Yep. Yeah, yep. there's definitely capsules. Like there's, you can mix that with coconut oil and then just eat it. Thank you. Oops, yeah, like I uh, also I'm not a smoker, right? Just singing wise, I can't. Oh, you, you know, sing that. Yeah. So well, I could just, so I just much. a pill would to get to the thank you. to get to the punchline. The, the only thing about pill is it's kind of like, did you do any mushrooms or LSD when you were young? Yeah. Okay. When you take it, you have to kind of ride it out <laughs> if you did too much, right? There's where when you right. smoke or you, you vi- uh, vaporize, you can just Take control, it until you go, more control. Okay, I've had enough, and you can stop. Like, literally, if you felt oh, this joint, I feel high now, I can put it Why, is it so potent pill-wise? <laughs> oh, yeah. pill it, form, it's, it's way different and a lot stronger. <laughs> right. Yeah, metabols oh. will really make a mess here. I, I don't eat a lot of them because uh, I got to I get things done. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they don't work on me, though. They don't. You've no. tried. I've tried, I've tried up to a um, 
3,500 milligram dosage, which I feel, but it's not like, someone told me that could be a sign of a bad liver, which would make sense because I took all those anti-anxiety pills for years. But uh, yeah, no, I've tried like really mega dosing and it doesn't really work for me. It's not processing it right now. Yeah, just doesn't, That's you know. insane, and you can do the same thing. He can eat un like unlimited amount, like I've seen him at, because we go to a lot of cups together. This is Andy. <coughs> Uh, when we get the the part from <coughs> edibles uh, to judge, I give it to Andy, and he'll eat all of them in one day, and it's like two dozen different things. Yeah. And, you know, it's not supposed to be humanly possible, but yeah, he's an animal; he can do it. Yeah. How much edibles do you eat today? Uh, Ten grams of oil. See. Ten <laughs> grams of oil. Ten grams of. He's oil. an animal, man. <laughs> That's insane. So That's when a you say beast, you said cups. Uh, is that the cannabis cup? Is that some well, that's one Stanley cup or something? There's Karma cup, uh, there's the Prairie cup, uh, there's the High Times cannabis cup, there's the Spanibus cup. There's these things all over the world at all times. It all started, though, with the Amsterdam cannabis cup yeah. years ago, and there was only one cup. And every year, everybody would go there. It was like a pilgrimage. Uh, you know, I went to Amsterdam eight times to these cups, and actually, I entered once and won one. I got uh, second place with Bongo Receipts for Rockstar. It's Canadian grown weed. And uh, we got it to Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> and entered it. And I was floored. Like, seriously, I couldn't believe it. Because, you know, one entry, first time out, you know, entering anything, and we walk away with something. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. How'd you, how'd you come home? Like, how'd you, when you were flying back, what'd you say to the customs? Uh, well, uh, for, um, for that thing, it's a seed category. It's a silver medal. Right. And it's worn around my neck. But I've flown lots of times. Like, I've come to Toronto a bunch of times, and one thing's here, like, I won a Chaps Cup. I've won a whole bunch of those treating yourself cups uh, years ago because that was uh, mm -hmm. the first ones in Toronto. Mm -hmm. You just fly on the airplane. I just hold them because they give you a bong <laughs> and a cup. And I just bring it on the airplane and sit there with it. And they're like, you bring oh, a oh. bong on the airplane? Yeah, all the time. Actually, I flew with my meds. You know, like this, this is my. You screening. flew with that bag? Yeah. I'm in your in I'm your carry on? 150 grams. Can you do that? Yeah. He's allowed to. Yeah, no problem. I'm allowed to fly with my medicine too. Yeah, and the funny thing Only is, uh, in Canada. This time when I went through the, the screener, <laughs> even within Canada, that's there was a child in front of me and her mother, and they got pulled, you know, secondary, and they got their stuff looked through because um, they had some liquids, right? And my bag just goes <laughs> straight through. And got this. My camera's in it. A bunch of uh, extract, and you know, they, they don't even care. <laughs> like seriously, yeah, yeah, they don't oil care. In my bag. A bottle of shampoo in hers. She's getting secondary. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. So don't bring a bottle of water. You're getting shit. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a, you just bring a big bag of weed. Oh no problem, man. You're good. <laughs> you get at a point now where you yeah like there's a lot of people that fly with their men. So there's a lot of people in the program now. Under, yeah. under the old MMAR rules, it was ten or it was uh, whatever thirty days times your prescription. So uh -huh. if you had fifty right. grams a day, you could carry fifteen hundred grams on the plane. Holy now you're only allowed. 150. 150 grams. Yeah, it was right. 600 before. Actually, I've had it in Vancouver where, um, you know, I usually bring it on my carry-on, but sometimes, you know, even if it's a vacuum seal, it's got a little bit of an odor. So my wife says, well, just throw it in your luggage and we'll lock it. We'll throw it down below. So I'm sitting there on the plane, and a cop comes on the plane. I don't think anything of it because I don't feel like I'm breaking the law. And he stops right in front of me. I'm like, oh, shit. And he goes, oh, can you come with me? And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, so I get up. And as we're walking up the thing to go off the plane, I'm just saying, hey, before we get started here, I have a license. So go, okay, just show it to me, and we're going to get you on your way right away. And I showed him the license, and he goes, okay, I'm just going to talk to the pilot. Come right back. And he goes, okay, I talked to him. Uh, you can't have it down below. I guess they're screening all the luggage. It's kind of freaked me out. And he said, you have to put wow. in your carry-on bag. So go get your carry-on bag and bring it here, and we'll stick your weed in it, and you'll be on your way. 
Meanwhile, the whole plane's looking at me every time I get up, and I come back with this stinky bag of weed and <laughs> throw it in the thing, and it wasn't that stinky until Wait, we was flew. The weed, was the bag exposed? Like, other passengers could see the weed? Oh, no, it got worse, because it was... Uh, they opened it up, so all the, the seals were compromised, and it was just Ziploc. So uh, when we flew, and when there's a pressure differential, so when we came down, all the seals were open. The whole plane smelled like Kush. Everybody's <laughs> looking at me. They know it's me because they see the cop, right? Yeah, it was, it was comedy. Wow. It's complete comedy. <laughs> I don't know if my wife liked that. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Some people laughed. So she doesn't partake? Not at all. Wow, okay. Big activist, though. <coughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. See, I, she sees the greater point of it, and so do oh, I. Wow. I understand. Yeah, like I, and she has definitely had more than enough opportunity to smoke as she wanted to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. She being, lives in a hot box. Yeah. <laughs> being so close to it, there's probably been moments where she's like, "Ah, just pass it over for God's sake." No, no, she's no. um, she, she used to smoke, and uh, she stopped smoking uh, when she got pregnant with my son. Okay. And then that was the end of it. That mm-hmm. was uh, she had to be a responsible parent, and right. um, she didn't want to give them any reason to take her son away. And uh, of course. you know, I, I totally respect her for that, and I admire that. That's uh, because as you know, the government tries to do crazy things to you, and they they take people's you know kids away for smoking weed, which I think is completely ridiculous. There's people that drink alcohol, which I think is far worse, and they got to keep their kids. So you smoke a joint, and they're going to take your kid. That's well, look at crap. Look at the new legalization. It's like if you look, if you right now were to give your kid alcohol, there's no charge. You know, as long as your kid's, I guess, over. You know, not there's other things. There's even an age specified in the law. Oh, like yeah, obviously. And then if you give an alcohol to another kid, it's a five hundred dollar charge. Mm. But if you were to give weed to your kid, you know, it's it's a fifteen years in jail. No matter what, you know, and that's if you give to another kid, it's 15 years in jail, like to just like anyone under the age of 18, you know, which is like, you know, make whatever argument you want around that, you know, but at the same time, it's like, look at alcohol, there's way, it's way more fucked up. Yeah. So that, that's cruel and unusual punishment, especially if you have a stoner kid. It's like, no, man, I can't give any of this to you because I'm going to go to jail for 13 or 15. Yeah. Sorry, dude. You know, what do you mean, dad? Can you imagine that argument? Well, especially now it's like. I was talking to my wife today who works in, in or used to work in front lines with those friends that work in front line. It's two, like, nanograms of fentanyl to kill you. Like, just, like, the smallest little trace. So, you know, recently I bought uh, cannabis in a gas station. A, like, a, like, a, like, there's no other way to call this in a trap station in Atlanta. Like, in a really rough neighborhood, you know. And I got this stuff and I smoked it and it hit me super fucking hard. And I'm thinking, I don't really know what's in this, you know? Yeah. And if you think it's just two nanograms of fentanyl, I'm not saying people are sprinkling fentanyl on weed. I don't want to be one of those alarmists. But if it just takes that much to kill you, even if there's just some around it. So now it's just like, is it, eh, is it down, it's better. Has it made its way down to Atlanta? Oh, it's, it's, it's apparently everywhere now. Everywhere. I don't know. But, like, that's what I hear. Because you, you get the startup chemicals imported, and they're not all illegal yet or something. Like, that's a documentary I saw by my employer. So I don't know. How up to date that information is, but like when you get in a stoner session, like we're not even finished your session, you can just roll it forever. Like, really, oh, I know that, I know, I know. That's I, I videotape them, and my camera guy's like, dude, dude, you know, like this is like you know, gigs and gigs of shit, it's gonna take forever to render it. Like, yeah. hurry up, you know. Okay, I could go on forever if you want me to. I can keep rolling joints too. Well, I just, I know you guys are, it'd be awesome if pro. we could just smoke one. 
I know. Yeah, he's he's like, yeah. Well, take me out on one of those uh, the trips one day, just to get me to get me uh, going. You tour to Vancouver. <clears throat> you should come visit me, and uh, I'll take your trip for yeah, a tour of my time, garden. And, next uh, time we're there, uh, I'll, I'll I'll hit you up. Have you tried just CBD weed? See, I don't know. I just I've only smoked what. You know what? I might make it a mission to find out what's good for Danko Jones. Well, there's, there's know that I'm a lightweight. I'm a, first of all, it. I'm a lightweight. Okay. CBD, you should try CBD sometime because it's like it's like the uh, the one that's like a lot of people who say they can't handle it. Yeah, are, are finding that works for them because oh. they're much more THC sensitive than CBD. Sensitive. Man, I I fucking loved it when I would smoke CBD's pot. It's great for anxiety. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I would just listen to music, yeah. and it was the best ever. And, I agree. Yeah, but now it's like it's different. You know, I had no responsibilities. Now I can't <coughs> stop thinking about that, and they creep into my thoughts, and then fucks up my my high, mm-hmm. if it ever happens. Like I said, my mom called me, and then I was just going, I got to drive over there. Oh, I, no. I got to I got to be with her. <laughs> and she was just asking like some question about uh, I bought this ice cream, and should I blah blah blah? And then after she got off the phone, I'm like, I got to be there with her. Like, <laughs> I got to I got to drive over there. So I don't, you know, those kinds of thoughts get into my head. Yeah, it's got to be, I just got to be listening to music and nothing enter my head. That's You've had to, like, uh, smoke something that just knocks you out, you know? Okay, I will say this. We stayed in Amsterdam for three months yeah. in 08. Yeah, I remember. And I would buy pot brownies, yeah. and I would use it right. to go to sleep. Yeah. And I remember I watched Conan the Barbarian once one night, and it lasted for hours I, I it was like it was like an eight hour Conan the Barbarian because <laughs> I took so one of those brownies you, you lost, uh, your yeah time just did, and I, I thought to myself it was never as long as it is now how can it be like three hours stone I was just <laughs> so awesome. stone and I, I used to take it just to go to sleep yeah like I I don't know I find uh, you know it's it's improved <clears throat> Most oh of God. the aspects of like my life, like it just calmed down a lot of stuff in my life that I used to not be able to I know, calm down you. about. But that's, that's why what, when every I think drug's about different it. for everyone. You know? Yeah, like you've calmed down, but whenever I've done it in the last every the last ten, twelve times I've done it, which spans years and years and years, I can't help but you know freak myself out. About uh, yeah, like I, I don't know, like you know, you know what I was, I was you know what a raging psycho I was before. You know, I was like a a real unstable person. You know, so I think like I I don't know. I can't ever accept anyone's argument that there's no benefit to it because I look at this. oh my god, that smells ridiculous. That's aromatherapy right oh there. Oh my god! Oh, Danko, you gotta smell this. Aromatherapy. <laughs> it's Gorilla Lou number four. Doesn't that smell great? Nice. That's like a really nice strength. Remember that weed when we were kids and you know you get it and it have seeds in it and smell like an old sock, right? <laughs> <laughs> that does not smell like that. No. I and I don't have to think back that long ago to remember that weed too. <laughs> so that's why unfortunately. Atlanta? Uh yeah, Atlanta was it smelled really good. That's why I bought more of it. And I still don't know that it was lace, so I shouldn't say that. But like I sat in my bathtub in my hotel room that night thinking I'm not going to take any more chances on the road mm. buying weed from people I don't know. So, you know, at the same time, like, I'd prefer a kid go to their parent now. Luckily, my kids are young that I don't have to make this decision. Hopefully the laws come around by this point. But I would hope a parent would go, go hey, would go to their kid now and, uh, 
and and or a parent, sorry, a parent would go to their kid, and well, a parent would go to their kid and say, hey, if if you're gonna buy this, come find me and let me help you source it from somewhere safe because like that weed hit so strong <laughs> and it was five dollars for a little nickel bag which doesn't exist anywhere else in the world that I've seen and it was from a guy in the gas station and they were selling hard drugs too it was a crazy experience oh, yeah, right. it was a crazy that sounds crazy Crazy experience. Okay, speaking of craziness I'm gonna do a dab right here okay and this dab is blueberry blueberry here we go and now for the carb Oh my god. Oh, that, that's unbelievable. <laughs>